Welcome back to the Innovation Engine Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to enter the world of virtual reality to talk about the onslaught of devices that are set to hit the market, what they mean for consumers and creators of media, and much more. Now, if you're a loyal listener of the podcast, you may recall that we aired the inaugural episode of a new audio endeavor from Three Pillar called Take Three earlier this year. This week, we're going to bring you another episode of Take Three, featuring a few voices that may be familiar to you, mine and that of Chris Graham, one of my partners in crime at Three Pillar and a semi-regular guest here on the Innovation Engine podcast. And while I'm, of course, very excited to share this Take Three episode with you, I'm also very excited about what we're going to be bringing you on the next episode of the podcast. For that next episode, we're going to have Mitch Gelman come into our office, and we're going to get hands-on with some of the VR products that have just hit or will hit the market very soon, including the HTC Vive and the Samsung Gear VR. But more on that later. For now, let's get to this week's episode of the podcast. Here is Take 3, starring Chris Graham and me, Will Sherlin, as we talk about the world of virtual reality. This is Take 3, your home for quick takes on the trends, technologies, and tools that are changing the way business gets done. I'm Julia Slattery, and for Take 3, Scene 6, we'll be stepping into a virtual reality. Will Sherlin and Chris Graham are joining me in the studio today to talk about the virtual reality incoming. Welcome to Take 3, Will and Chris, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Thank you. Of course. So let's start at the beginning. When did virtual reality start taking shape as a player in the media? That's a good question. I think virtual reality has been around for quite some time, but we've seen it sort of rise and fall, become popular, and then really not figure out what it means or how it can stick around. So it's uh, I think up until Oculus was bought by Facebook, um, it was it was something that was always there, but we didn't know quite how to bring it to the mainstream. I think now that we've seen Facebook make an investment, and we're seeing other media companies do so, we're seeing Samsung release uh, a VR product. Uh, we believe now it is it is here to stay, and it's definitely going to influence the media industry going forward. All right, and you both were pretty early adopters of this technology. How do you like it? And what kind of changes has it made in your life if it's made any kind of changes? Okay, well, yeah, to, to clarify, uh, I, I own an IM cardboard device and have owned that for about a month. It's basically a cardboard VR player uh, that Google makes and a number of others do as well. You can get them for as cheap as $15 on Amazon. Um, and so it's, it's not going to be the completely immersive experience that something like Oculus Rift or uh, Microsoft's HoloLens are. Um, But it is still pretty amazing what you can do with a $15 piece of quote unquote hardware. You basically drop your iPhone or Android device into it, uh, and then you're transported into a virtual reality world. Uh, There is relatively limited content available for it right now. I think that the areas that will really see, you know, major changes in the way 
media is consumed in are things like sporting events and live events like concerts. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast or a little bit later in the, in the recording. Um, but the NCAA tournament, which ended last night, uh, very sadly for me, with a last-second shot for Villanova uh, to win it all. I'm, I'm a big Tar Heels fan. Uh, but, but they were streaming um, VR video of the games, and I had the chance to watch some of that on uh, Samsung Gear VR on Saturday. And it's pretty amazing. Uh, the the best way I heard it described was it's like you're sitting Indian style at midcourt. Uh, so you have essentially the best seat in the house. The only downside is that you have something strapped to your face, so you can't really, you know, uh, in, enjoy the game with others like you normally would. We were actually out at out at a bar, uh, and, and my buddy brought it, and he got some funny looks. But it was also the type of thing that people. At first, we're kind of, um, you know, like snickering at, but then over the course of time, enough people tried it on that it became like a novelty and, and people were coming up to our group of friends and asking to put it on and, and see what we were looking at. Uh, so I, I do think that it will it will change the way we consume for sports and, and, and live events. And I'm sure there are other areas where, you know, a giant change could be coming. Yeah, I think to add to that, you bring up a good point that the way you consume this content is a very, uh, it's a very intimate experience because it's you and that device. Um, so in a social setting, um, that may not be the way you want to, for the entire time, consume content. But I think that this is where this p becomes a secondary item for people to consume additional content. And that may not be the main way, but then there are industries where this is a good fit. Uh, the gaming industry is probably a great example of uh, of where this um, is potentially a primary device or a primary way to consume that content. And yeah, just to, to go one step further, one thing that actually I was talking about with friends as, as they were experiencing it, and I was as well, it will also change the way that content is captured. So imagine watching a baseball game. I, I love baseball, played it growing up. I cannot sit through a nine inning game unless it's the playoffs. Uh, and part of that probably is that you're getting the same view from behind the pitcher over and over and over again. Imagine if you're getting the view from the catcher's mask and you're seeing, you know, a 90 mile an hour fastball come in high and tight. It's going to be a totally different experience. And the same will probably be true for fielders. You know, they'll be outfitted with jersey cameras or head cams or something so maybe the ball will be outfitted I, and i i don't know what what will happen but i think it will definitely change the viewing experience so that you're seeing many more angles of everything i guess sports is the main thing that i'm thinking of now um but you know of of everything potentially yeah and gatorade actually did a project with uh bryce harper i think we could probably add a link um to the video to show um, they've used it not only to record, uh, you know, an advertisement for Gatorade, but there is an interactive experience where um, they're showing what it looks and feels like for Bryce Harper to be up to bat, and you can actually be part of that. So even without the with a, without a VR device, uh, within that YouTube video, you are able to get 360 views um, of the content. So that's something that I think we'll see is that. Virtual reality is going to push the industry on new ways of creating uh, and recording content. And then if a follow-on from that will be that other users can take advantage of that 
better quality content, even without a virtual reality device. Things like 360 views are now available um, as a as a as a as an outcome of that 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 uh, that new device uh, being via virtual reality. Well, you all kind of already touched on this, but do you have any other predictions for what kind of changes it has brought or it might bring to the way we create and consume media? Sure. So the other device that we've seen um, make progress within media creation and consumptions is drones. Um, it's gone from being a recreational tool to another tool that media companies can use to um, capture content. And so, again, that, that lends itself well to virtual reality um, in many ways. Obviously, you can use a VR type of device to um, record the content, but then playing back, um, you're now able to get those 360 views that a, a drone can record, and, and, a, and, a, and a VR device is a good way to consume that. So I, I see drones and virtual reality really together leading the charge on how we create the content and then from that create new ways for the user to consume it. So Google Glass was kind of an early version of this and it kind of flopped. What is going to make this kind of virtual reality different from Google Glass and how do you think it's going to fare going forward? Yeah, so I would say uh, Google Glass was more of an augmented reality device than a virtual reality device. And that may seem like a slight difference, uh, but I think it's an important one. So with augmented reality, you're essentially creating overlays of the of the world that you're seeing. Uh, the, the common one of the common use cases is if you're walking through New York, you would see directions or you know information about the closest subway station flashed up on your face before you, you actually get there. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, a merging of the physical and digital worlds um, together, but it's not necessarily clear which world you're in. And I, I don't know why but the the visceral reaction that I had when I saw people with Google Glass on was a negative one. With virtual reality, there's no doubt about which world you're in. You're clearly in the digital world. And for whatever reason, I think that that's an important distinction to make. People know when you have the VR headset on, you know, that that you're somewhere different than right you know, present with them. So, so just to, to answer your original question, I guess I would say that uh, there's a difference between Google Glass and the VR viewers that we're going to see coming onto the market, like the Oculus Rift, Microsoft HoloLens, uh, Samsung Gears VR, which is is yeah, which is already out there, uh, but but two two slightly different things. And I don't know that Google has anything that they're working on in the VR realm. I guess uh, other than cardboard, I'm sure they do, but uh, but I don't know about it if they are. All right, great. So do you think virtual reality will make the most waves in the media industry, or do you think this will have a, a huge impact on any other kind of space or industry? That's a great question. I think the media industry will, will definitely lead um, the adoption of virtual reality uh, and help create the technologies needed to then use it in other industries. I think um, the auto industry and the gaming industry are probably the two that that can take advantage of the most right now. And the media and media industries, or excuse me, the media industry 
uh, is always looking to be innovative, and so they're they're also leading the charge. So those three, I think, are are, are big. I think longer term, uh, we can see the tourism industry take advantage of this with, as I mentioned before, with drones and 360 views. Um, the tourism space is is definitely able to 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 leverage this technology and allow viewers to see destinations and make decisions if on on whether or not that's somewhere they want to go. Um, Back to the media industry, though, I think what this also does is really change the advertising strategies that many media companies have. Um, Gone are the days of just pre-roll, post-roll, or mid-roll types of ad insertions. Um, Now there are opportunities to advertise in ways uh, that are not only personalized to the user, but feel as if they're part of the experience. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how it's going to bring in some of the old advertising techniques of product placements like you'd see in movies or something that you maybe don't see as often now, but billboards on the side of a, a road. Um, those types of experiences can be brought into this, this, uh, this, this new virtual reality platform uh, and will really open up the ways that users or I should say that media companies can monetize content to their users. And yeah, I would look at a couple of other industries as well where it could make waves. Uh, you know, some of my friends that I was talking with about at work in the commercial real estate world, and you know, imagine rather than flipping through 34 images of a home that you're looking to buy on Zillow, you can strap on your headset and take a virtual tour of any property that you get to see. Uh, and, and then I would also look at a space like healthcare, possibly. Uh, if you are, you know, physical therapy and rehab is a you know, constant struggle for people who are you know, perhaps older and not in great health and are, you know, looking to recover from a surgery or something along those lines. Uh, if they are unable to go to PT or don't want to go to PT, I think that there are interesting opportunities that VR opens up for gamification and, uh, and, and patient engagement, essentially. And I don't know exactly you know, what that will look like, but I do think that that, that could be a huge area um, where, where VR could, could, could get big. Yeah, the health and wellness space is, is a big one. I'm glad you mentioned that, Will, um, because within the wellness uh, industry, that's where often the lines can be blurred between is a gym a health and wellness company or is it a media company? Um, they have content that they provide their users this will allow someone that subscribes to a gym to have an experience with that gym when they're not only in the gym, but at home as well. Right now, gyms send out magazines, subscriptions, things like that. Content is sent out over email or in print. This is another way. Um, I think the other space on, on the healthcare side of things is how this improves interacting with patients and diagnosing and helping to, to solve illnesses. Um, in my family, we're constantly buying iPhone accessories for um, like an otoscope or a thermometer. So these different tools that we can simply plug into our iPhone and can spot an ear infection or find see if our, our, one of our kids has a, has a fever. Now this allows you to bring a medical professional into your house uh, to help diagnose something. Um, we are starting to see the, med- the, the medical field start to use these devices and, and push that content out to get a uh, diagnosis. Well, this now brings it to more of a real-time type of experience. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking to me about virtual reality. I'm excited to see where it goes. 
Our pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Thanks again to Will and Chris for joining us, and thank you for listening in. Will Sherlin is the Senior Manager of Digital Marketing at Three Pillar Global. He oversees the Three Pillar website and other web properties, hosts Three Pillars Innovation Engine podcast, and manages Three Pillars social media accounts. Chris Graham leads the media and entertainment vertical at Three Pillar Global. He works with clients across the media and entertainment space, including broadcast media, online media, publications and newspapers, gaming, music, and sports. Chris is responsible for ensuring overall customer success and satisfaction, as well as growing the vertical's client base. So I hope you enjoyed that preview of what we think is to come in the world of virtual reality. As I mentioned in the intro to this episode, we'll be sticking with the topic of virtual reality for the next episode of the podcast, when we're very excited to welcome Mitch Gelman into the office to help us get hands-on with some of the VR products that have just hit or will hit the market very soon. Mitch is a senior fellow in media and technology at the Newseum, and he has about as much experience creating VR content as anyone out there. At USA Today, he was the executive producer of their award-winning Harvest for Change VR series. So don't miss the next episode of the podcast coming soon, where we will be delving deeper into the world of virtual reality. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Innovation Engine podcast is recorded, produced, edited, and published by Three Pillar Global, a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information on the company or our services, please visit our website at www.threepillarglobal.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or SoundCloud, and you can also download our very own iOS app in the iTunes App Store.